What's up, everybody? This is episode 130 of the Clappercast. It's been a couple of weeks. Life happens, gets in the way, but uh, we're back recording. Sean, how's it going? Oh, you know, that's exactly it. Life likes to get in the way of everything good in life, oddly <laughs> enough. So, you know, it, it's hard sometimes to make time for the things that we enjoy and are looking forward to, but uh, we're back. We're ready to go, and uh, hey, it's been, uh, it's been a month, but we don't have any uh don't have a whole lot of huge signings a lot of those got taken care of earlier in the offseason but uh there's a couple of teams that have really made some big splashes so how do we uh, dive right into some of the uh big names on the move over the last month yeah sounds good to me so i guess do you want to start with the flames <laughs> we have to i mean that's the that's the center of this all isn't it yeah they've really shaken things up and they're quite a different looking team um it's pretty so incredible I guess, really like when was the last time you saw a team with that much high-end roster turnover in one off season? you know it's pretty remarkable like they had like the first ever sign and trade which was actually kind of a surprise to me um that that's never really happened before but i guess it's like technically this is the first time it's ever happened yeah they usually do like trade and sign instead of sign and trade yeah. So it's like they'll 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 confirm the guy's gonna sign with the new team and then trade him right after. But this time they actually signed like Calgary, the player we're talking about is Matthew Kachuk. Um, the Flames actually signed him to the contract and then traded him to Florida right after. Yeah, so it's a I guess it's kind of like a goodwill move. Like, yeah, you're not getting screwed over. You're not gonna like end up having to negotiate when you get there, and it'd be like a really negative part of the process it's like built into the trade so it's it's kind of nice yeah exactly um, you get to kind of leave off on those decent terms and like you said you get to you get to start off on a easier foot with a new team where you don't have to try and like you say negotiate with a bunch of guys you don't know yeah um so what was the full trade it was matthew kachuk and that was it, I think, from Calgary's side, right? Matthew Kachuk for um, Huberto, Uyghur, a first. One sec, I'm just uh, bringing up the And um, the prospect guy, Cole Schwint, I think, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was so Matthew Kachuk and a 2025 conditional fourth. That, oh God. If the 2025 <laughs> first-round pick that Florida sent to Calgary is a lottery pick resulting in Calgary receiving Florida's 2026 first-round pick instead than the 2025 fourth-round pick that Calgary sent to Florida also slides to 2026. <laughs> yeah, wait, do you see the conditions on the Monaghan pick? Yeah, we're going to be was... here. I've been pretty sure half the episode is going to be us talking about the conditions on the Monaghan trade. <laughs> yeah, that one is that one's crazy. Um, so, um, now that Huberto's signed with Calgary... Um, to a what? What is it? Um, a eight-year, ten point five million dollar deal. Um, what do you think about this trade now that Huberto signed long term? McWeger hasn't signed long term. Um, but what do you, what do you think about it right now? I still like when this first happened. I was like, Calgary just made out like gangbusters here. They absolutely fleeced the Panthers. Even after that contract. I, it's like it's a terrible contract for Huberto. Like it's way too long, way too much for way too long for someone for for him. However, it's still a win for the Flames now because they're supposed to be competing right now. They need Huberto. They need his hundred plus points right now. 
So they're gonna over they're gonna pay him appropriately now and give him that security in the long term just to kind of keep him and retain him through their competitive window. So it's gonna be bad in you know five years when he's in his mid thirties and probably not producing a hundred points a season. But for right now, they're they're getting a team's leading scorer. Like what do you have? One hundred and ten points last season. Ten and a half millions. One hundred and fifteen. Yeah. So ten and a half millions pretty solid for that. And now they've got, you know, a replacement for Kachuk or Gaudreau, whoever whoever the skill set's more applicable to, because there's Gaudreau, another guy probably. Calgary brought in. Exactly. They've got one of the most underrated defenders in the league to come in and join, probably, I would imagine, their top pairing. He can play power play. He can play penalty kill in Mackenzie Weger. And they also somehow got a first condition first conditional first out of it. Like, that's that's a fleecing for the Flames. Yeah, I originally when the the deal was announced, I thought, yeah, that's a that's a shit ton for Matthew Kachuk. He's a good player, um, but um, he's a little. I mean, last year was his first season over a hundred points, and before that, he kind of, I don't know, flirted with being point per game, but was never over point per game before that. Um, so. Was last year a, you know, a one-off? Was it a factor? Or was it a just, you know, playing with Gaudreau and Monaghan? Or not Monaghan, Lindholm? Yeah, because um, all three of them kind of had career years at the same time there. Whereas Huberto has been a, over a point-per-game player at least the last four seasons. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's older, but it's a, he's a great player. I think he drives the play more than a guy like Kachuk does. Um, you know, he's... Um, he doesn't play like a super uber physical game, so maybe he will age a bit better in going into those like you know mid to late thirties. But it's a it's definitely a long contract at a lot a big cap hit. Um, but he is you know a great player who does drive the play, and they needed a guy like that with with uh, Gaudreau leaving. Exactly. When this trade first came out, a lot of people were saying like, well, obviously Huberto's a rental, like he's not gonna stay. You know he's gonna go somewhere. Maybe they'll flip him and get another few picks or something. And then when he signed, it was like, okay, <laughs> that kind of changes this trade a bit because now it's you know a hundred point player long term and a hundred player hundred point player long term going each way. And Calgary is getting you know Uyghur, who you just said you know great defenseman, and they get Cole Schwind, who might actually make the team <laughs> like out of training camp right. um it's just uh and a first like a, a, first. a late first but you know a first um so i like this trade for calgary um if Uyghur signs you know a, a a contract that's not way too much aav even better um so i i like it um it's a you know um a way to kind of save face a bit because before Calgary made this and Kachuk was saying he wanted out like people were saying like wow like True Living might not have a job here like after this off season and now it's like with just this trade alone it's like okay like I think you're you're sticking around for a bit exactly um, and it no, wasn't honestly, the only like, thing going into like True Living made the best of a very 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 tricky and shitty situation 
where he was about to lose his two best players in the same offseason. And somehow he's ended up coming out with probably a better roster. You know, that's that's a pretty, like, props to, props to him because that's, like, that's an amazing feat. Yeah, right? it's uh, really great. Um, you know, it, it's probably not going to age that great, but, you know, they've got all their, go- they got all the rest of the pieces there right now. And they've, they've got a, they've got to push now. Otherwise they're going to miss the window and they're just going to suck anyway. So exactly get the good players now and then, you know, let the problems in the future be problems in the future. But, um, they've got to make a push for it because, you know, they had their best season basically last year, the year before. And, uh, you know, it was going to be a absolute colossal collapse to lose Gaudreau and Kachuk. Like that's that's brutal. Um, so they were able to get Huberto, get Uyghur, so their decor is probably one of the best in the NHL. Um, you know, just looking at it, it it's it's pretty good. Um, oh yeah. There's they, there's they no absolutely. like there's no like you know Kale McCarr, but it's like all of those guys are solid defensemen. Yeah. Um, so it's just de- it's just so deep. It doesn't have the top-end talent, but it's just deep. Um, and then, the I might as well mention it, they signed Nazem Kadri, mm-hmm. which kind of came out of nowhere. Um, it was rumored Oddly that he was going to go to the Islanders. Were, exactly, for the Islanders, and we're all like, oh, okay, so that contract's probably signed. It's just Lamorella does his thing where he doesn't want to announce it until three days before training camp for some reason. Yeah, and so he signs a seven-year seven million contract and it was rumored that he was looking for like nine so obviously he had to take a couple mil off of his asking price and must not have had the the number of suitors that he thought he might have um and it's uh it's interesting um because of his age he's already 31 um or and Huberto's i think 30 um so it's it's two guys like two guys that are going to be going into their late 30s with these two deals yeah. but for right now and uh another an- well I guess another thing with Kadri too is uh he just kind of had like a career year right as well mm-hmm. so that that's another one where I'm I'm kind of like you know is he going to keep up that type of production is he going to you know kind of fall back to where he usually is now that he's not playing on a roster like the like the Avalanche have, yeah, yeah, but, I mean, just much like I was saying about Kachuk, right? Like it's like was that a one-off? Exactly. Who knows? Um, it'll be an interesting Kadri will be an interesting addition to the Battle of Alberta, though. That's yeah. that's kind of where I where my mind first went because actually when that contract got announced, I had forgotten about the Matthew Kachuk trade. I'm like, oh shit! Now they got Kachuk and Kadri to send out against the Oilers, and I was like, oh right, it's just Kadri. But uh, even still, that's going to be a pretty good battle. I mean, Kane and Kadri had their little uh, had their little thing going in the playoffs, and it's uh, it's just going to help keep that rivalry alive. Even yeah. though they only play three times next season for some reason. Oh, that's dumb. Kane, Kadri. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of former Leafs in the Battle of Alberta now. Um, so yeah, I mean, like Kadri. It's. Yeah, I mean, like, is he going to play? Is he going to have the same numbers? 
what's what what's who's he gonna play with in Calgary? Um, it's uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how Calgary does um, because of the amount of just top end talent change on that team. Like they're gonna be pretty yeah, different. The, the chemistry will be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to just mention with the Huberto thing, like a lot of people were taping over their Gaudreau jerseys and just putting Huber over <laughs> <laughs> like Gaff <laughs> Gaudreau, turning the Gaudreau jerseys into Huberto jerseys, and that was really just it's, uh, A plus yeah. creativity. It was awesome. Um, 100%. That's uh, I I applaud the ingenuity. Yeah, and then I guess we might as well mention it here. So to make room for all of these giant contracts, Calgary shipped out Sean Monahan, who had a lot of injuries last season and didn't play in playoffs um, to the Montreal Canadiens for nothing. Yeah, um, but they also sent they also sent a 2025 first, uh, which is a conditional, and I think it is probably the most extensive conditions that have ever been put on a pick ever. <laughs> uh, uh, th this is the longest sheet. I'm just looking at the cap friendly uh, outline of it. Has to be the longest conditions I've ever seen. You're totally right. Yeah, it's like. Do we want to spend the know. next ten minutes reading? Uh, the, I mean, <laughs> reading the go whole to cap friendly and read it. It's like basically <laughs> there's like it lists like a bunch of scenarios where it's like if it's between X and Y, it's Montreal reserves the right to blah blah blah, and it's like they're basically just trying to get like a a mid-round pick, I think, or, like, a top... T I don't know. Anyway, just go there and read yeah. up on what the conditions are, but it's it's uh, it's an interesting <laughs> one. It's just a cap dump for Calgary, um, but it's, it's kind of crazy, though, because Calgary has now gotten rid of Gaudreau, Monaghan, Kachuk. Like, that would be unthinkable, like, a few years ago. Yeah, that's kind of, like... Look at looking at their roster. That's most of their old core. Really, yeah. like the, the the players that have been there for a while that they've built what they have around, all gone in one off season. And now it's a lot of newer guys, prospects, and like I mean, who's the longest serving flame at this point? Really, you got a couple of guys drafted in twenty fifteen. Um, Dubé, Lucic, Backlund. I don't know. Um, There's a lot of turnover there. No, it'd be it'd be back when he was he was playing there back in uh, 2008 2009. So Backlund's like the longest serving flame at this point, but um, yeah, just a lot of the other roster spots are relatively recent, and yeah. I mean all of you know. Just looking here, one two. Basically, four of the top six forwards have been there for one or less seasons. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. How are they gonna mm -hmm. get along with Daryl Sit Sitter or Sutter? Sutter? Um, how are they gonna get along with uh, Sutter? It's gonna be yeah, a weird one. Um, I don't know. I mean, like Kadri did really good with Babcock, so maybe it'll be kind of similar. Could be. I, I think. I feel like Sutter's got a little bit of a different mindset where he'll let the he'll let the offensive talent shine come through a little bit, like playing Gaudreau and Kachuk and Lindholm together and letting them kind of do their thing. 
compared to some of the other old school coaches that are like grit and grind 100%. I think Sutter's kind of a bit bit more uh open-minded to certain certain styles. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um but Calgary's got a pretty different look going into mm-hmm. next season. Now um, uh we 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 spent a little bit praising Jim Tr- uh Brad Living for for how he handled the off season and this stuff. You want to flip it over to to looking at how uh, Bill Zito's kind of completely decimated the Panthers in the last like <laughs> 6 months. <laughs> yeah. So he got it's... he's got Matthew Kachuk, 25 games of Claude Giroux and 25 games of Ben Chirot. And to get that, he gave up Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Weger, 2023 first, 2024 first, 2025 first, 2024 third, Owen Tippett, Ty Smolanik, and Cole Schwint. Yeah, all <laughs> in. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a lot more than um, what CBJ gave up that one year when they were like going all in. Um, yeah. And Kekalina has done a good job of like bouncing Columbus back from that. Um, but this is just crazy. It's it's pretty <laughs> astounding. I mean, it's a good thing the team is still looking competitive now, and it's also a good thing that Chuck Fletcher still exists because Zito might be kind of in the running for one of the one of the worst managers right now. Just just off of that, you yeah, know like how four how years in a row, up. no firsts. I think it was up to five actually because it went back a, a year further too. Oh my god! Yeah, that's bad. Uh. I don't know. I mean, like, and like without um, Uyghur on their D line, like it looks looks quite it's a bit worse. Yeah, especially their left side. I think it's like Lucas Carlson, Gustav Forsling, and was it Montour? Mark Stahl. Mark Stahl. That's yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I so I'm know. not. I'm not liking their defense. Like that's pretty weak. I mean, Forsling and Forsling is quite underrated. He was solid, and he seems like he'll be the type who can, you know, probably fill in on fill in with Ekblad. But he's definitely not Mackenzie Weger. And then, like thirty-five-year-old yeah. Mark Stahl, who I didn't realize was really still playing in the league. Honestly, well, they've, they've got Eric Stahl on a PTO too. Oh yeah, I forgot the about Stahl that. The Stahl brothers are going to town. Um, and then they've got five point four mil in uh, Keith Yandel buyout penalty too. So, ouch. Um, yeah, it's um, I don't know. I mean, like if Kachuk like really fits in, and well, I don't know, like him and Sam Bennett have a line and just crush everybody, like. <laughs> Maybe maybe put, uh, they'll do okay, but <laughs> put Kachuk, Bennett, and Hornquist on a line. <laughs> yeah, but like, I don't know. Like, with Huberto out of there, it um and the Uyghur, it looks like they're kind of going downhill from where they've been. Like, I, I think last year was kind of the the peak, um, and they're gonna try and tr- just chase that, but. I don't know if they'll get it as close as they've been. No, especially um, like looking at their forward depth too. I don't like their bottom six forwards. It's kind of a lot of 
random guys tossed in there. It's just, it's not really. I mean, other than Anton Lindell, yeah, who was who was really good last season. Um, I think their bottom six is a bit weak too. Like we just talked about their defense. They've got their goaltending is fine. I mean, between Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight, like they've probably got one of the best goaltending tandems in the league. So well, they're spending enough money on up, it, so <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um. But uh, after this season, will they be able to keep Knight? Well, I don't know. Um, they've got Andrew Hammond on a PTO too, so maybe they're anticipating that. Um, but yeah, they are. Um, their defense is worse, and their forwards. I don't know. I mean, like Barkov's obviously a beast, um, and then Bennett's fit in really nicely. Um, but uh, Huberto's just such a play driver that like I don't. It's not a one-to-one player there, right? Like Kachuk. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I see them as a little bit worse coming into the season. And and they've got yeah. Paul Maurice as a head coach too, right? So it's like just a complete shakeup. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot about that So, part. like... That, was, that one uh, confused me too, that they go and have like one of these, one of the best regular seasons on yeah, record. Yeah, Brunette did a great job. And, yeah, and then they don't keep him. And they Not bring in playoffs, I guess, but like, why don't you just let them learn from that? Yeah, going to the next season. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But why bring in a complete wild card and Paul Maurice? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird one. So yeah, just a, just a weird. Uh, it, it, it really sucks because for a while there, I mean, it looked like Florida was gonna kind of turn out to be one of the big contenders in the league for a few years and it seems to kind of been like a one and done well like there's some pressure coming from some other teams in the atlantic right like exactly some of these teams are kind of on the upswing like detroit ottawa like they could Mm -hmm. they could really i don't know like battle for a lower playoff spot here Mm -hmm. so and i mean um, tampa bay is always a threat they they have a stronger roster than florida absolutely right now and toronto's still there and i mean I don't anticipate Boston to be that competitive with their roster situation, but at the same time, it's also the Bruins. They're a good team still. Yeah. Yeah. So you never know, but like, especially like with the the combo of like Detroit and Ottawa, even if one of them is a playoff team this season, like the odds of Florida being in there are lower. Right. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it's it's a risky move, but I mean they have a they have a younger player with a longer controlled cap hit, um, which is obviously valuable. Mm-hmm. And Kachuk's a good player. Oh, totally. But um, it's just a it's a different look uh, going into next season, and it's one to keep an eye on for sure because it could it could be the greatest fit ever, and they just absolutely tear it up. Well, exactly. I mean, Chuck gets 115 points or whatever, replaces Huberto's point production. Mm-hmm. That could happen. You know, I've kind of, we, we, you and I have been talking about this for a couple of years here when when the Matthew Kachuk trade stuff first started up a few years back on the, the puck flip incident when he was kind of left on his own and, like, the team didn't back him up, and it's like Kachuk's like the heart and soul of the Calgary Flames. You know, if if he comes in and he kind of rallies the Panthers around himself or around his play style, like he's got, he's got a couple other guys like Bennett and Hornquist who kind of fit a similar style. He can get a few of the guys rolling and rallying around him, and they could they could end up on a roll. Like they could just 
go and like steamroll a couple steamroll a competition for a bit yeah definitely it's uh entirely possible um okay so florida kind of going all in on everything um but uh you gotta think that um they're not going to be able to pay the premium price this year at the deadline because they don't have anything <laughs> except for maybe second and thirds. Um, uh, they have a 2023 second, a 2024 third, and then a 2025 second and third. Yeah. So, but, like, this isn't NHL GM mode. Like, they're not going to be able to pile up 18 draft picks and make it, uh, make it an equal value trade. Well, yeah. I mean, like, they're not going to be able to pick up guys <laughs> like <No>. Ben Girard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, like guys like uh, uh, Giroux. Like, they're not going to be able to pick those guys up. <laughs> yeah. Such a good trade, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and he played, like, dog shit for them, too. Um, yeah, like, Giroux is good, but uh, not Girard. But, um, yeah, they're 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 going to be in tough to compete with some of these teams that haven't completely mortgaged their future away yet. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're in you know, looking for that extra edge like they did it last season and didn't work. Mind you, there's teams that win the Stanley Cup picking up the little additions, right? Like the Capitals picked up Kempney. That was exactly what they needed. Not a big flashy guy, just a solid, reliable, middle-of-the-pack defenseman. Exactly. I mean, look at all uh, the difference. Arteri Lekkinen. Yeah. I mean, right. he's a he's a midline forward. He's nothing special, nothing amazing, but he goes into Colorado, and what he's how many how many winning goals did he score? Did he score the cup winning goal? <laughs> um, I think he scored a series winning goal, but yeah, I don't remember. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's like the difference maker, right? It's like a guy fits in, does yeah, his did job, score the cup winning goal, does his job. Great player, great addition. Mm-hmm. You know, I th- I mean, well, did they trade? Did, what did they trade for him? Did they trade? Uh, I feel like I wasn't at first. It was a prospect uh, and a second. Justin Justin Barron in a second. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which. I mean, the Panthers could do that. Yeah. They they could trade for um, Lacone to score a cup winning goal too. Yeah. Yeah. If Colorado's not going to make it, they could trade for. Arturi looking in. Um, yeah, anyway, I mean, Florida's got a, a pretty different look. They still got Barkov and uh, Ekblad and Bobrovsky. Um, so, you know, some pretty pretty good pieces. Um, but, um, you know, not having Huberto is, is going to be um, really different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, who else do you want to Talk about here. I was scrolling uh, through. John Klingberg. Oh yeah, we can mention Klingberg. So John Klingberg was one of the biggest names available in the UFA market. And it was rumored that uh, the Stars' talks with him kind of went nowhere. And then he was looking on the market, nothing, fired his agent, got a new agent, 
and then signed a one-year deal with the Anaheim Ducks for $7 million um, with a modified no-trade. Um, so, I don't know. Do you think that's a case of, like, the agent just not doing his job or just, like, them wanting too much money and turning things down for, like, a bigger offer that didn't come? Cause going going by the trend through the season when when contract negotiations and the, the alleged trade rumor about Klingberg came out, I think it's just a case of one party overvalues themselves significantly and nobody else values them like that. <laughs> because Klingberg did not have a very good season overall. He, he had a really slow start. I remember yeah. that. You know, especially especially when that trade rumor started, you know, 20, 30 games of the season, he had been not good. He, he turned it around and did all right to end the season. He was doing quite well. But I assume he was probably looking at a contract in the range of those, like, seven or eight by nine million that a bunch of similar defenders like Dougie Hamilton, Darnell Nurse, you know, th those guys had signed the year prior. He's probably looking for one of those. He's not quite the defender for that. So this is probably a case of taking that one-year deal to be like a, a show-me deal to try and turn his you know season or her turn his fortunes around and then sign a longer-term one next offseason. Yeah, I mean, he's like, more his overall numbers. Like, he had 47 points in 74 games. I think he was the highest point total defenseman that was available and there was a huge drop after him but he is not a great defensive defenseman and teams don't have lots of money right now to just throw around on you know kind of one-sided one-dimensional defenseman yeah stars I mean, obviously this, didn't this want to pay him exactly and this isn't a great stat but he was minus 28 last year yeah he had 47 points, but was minus 28. I don't know how many of those points were power play, but... Probably quite a bit of his points, but... Um, yeah, and then you look at, like, Haskinen, plus three. Like, less points, but plus three. Mm -hmm. So, like, Haskinen is one of the best shutdown defensemen in the league, but Klingberg just sucks at <laughs> defense... Like, every stat is just, like, bad for him defensively. Yeah. But um, it's interesting because he's 30, right? Like, he's looking for that cash-in longer-term deal, and he just didn't get what he wanted. He signs yeah. a one-year deal with, like, a non-playoff team, most likely, with lots of cap space. And I think it's an interesting deal for the Ducks because, you know, they're a young team. Um, and they've got guys like Jamie Drysdale, who plays the same side as Klingberg, who he can, you know, maybe look at showing, like, the power play. They've got Shattenkirk, but... Um, That's kind of what I said to you initially, like, is, like, they have Shattenkirk and Klingberg now. It's, like, two of the same defenders, yeah, so except it's like, Klingberg's more offensive. Yeah, like, Shattenkirk used to be really good offensively, but maybe they bring Klingberg in to kind of show Drysdale how to run a PP. Like, that's one thing Klingberg's really good at is, like, working the line in the offensive zone and just getting pucks through to the net. Um, and I know, like, when I've watched Anaheim play a little bit, 
Drysdale kind of struggled on the power play. Like, he didn't look super comfortable out there. So maybe they bring in Klingberg just to kind of, you know, teach the rookie a little bit and then flip them at the deadline or something, right? Exactly. Um, where where Klung, where Klingberg wants to go, um, and then maybe he resigns somewhere or signs a big deal in the off season or something. But um, yeah, kind of like a, a be a big fish in a smaller pond um, in Anaheim. <coughs> maybe that's what he's looking for. I know it's the Ponda Center. Um, uh, Good but um, yeah, I mean like you know Klingberg dishing it to Zegras or something on the power play like that could be a good look um but yeah it's kind of a weird one because Anaheim's kind of like collecting this team of like good young players and then like these kind of like weird kind of like almost not not quite like castaway but like cap penalty players <laughs> or like where it's like you know like Ryan Strom <laughs> like Frank Petrano, John Klingberg, like kind of these guys it's, who yeah, like it's, it's a it's a are real pretty good randoms good players, but like not good enough that teams like really wanted to pay them to just to keep them. Um, and they've got lots of cap space left, so it's like I don't know. I just cool, just flip them kind of mentality. Yeah, and I mean. Low risk. The Ducks kind of have one of the better prospect pools in the league right now, and it's kind of led by Mason McTavish, who absolutely dominated the uh, redo of the World Juniors over the summer here. So it's like, since they did okay last season, like they had that really hot start, had them in the playoff spot for a while, and then they cooled off by the end. Do they even see it necessary to go and bother bringing anyone in right now? Or maybe they just kind of let their their prospects come up into the lineup get their like second deal signed get some of them signed long term and then they kind of see what they have left to fill out the roster with who's available like three years down the road when they're competitive yeah yeah absolutely it makes sense um it's uh like they've just got such a great group of young players and just bring in the right guys to kind of show him how to play like ryan strom is signed for like a few years um so i don't think they're gonna try and flip him but it's like a good contract so maybe they could but um he's a good player to you know kind of show them the ropes because like he came into the league and he bounced around a bit and kind of struggled but like you know he's played with some great players and like mm -hmm. he could play really well um you know when he was in new york like he played with panarin so it's like He's a good player to have around with, like, these young guys like Zegras, right? Where it's like, you know, feed him the puck or something. And, I, yeah, yeah and I think it, it's He's it's versatile, cool. too, from that. Yeah. Like, from, from playing up and down the lineup, he can kind of do whatever he needs to do and whatever the team needs of him. And, you know, like you say, the Ducks have that, that roster where there's a lot of prospects. There's going to be a lot of lineup shuffling. So it's going to be some – it's going to be nice for the team to have – kind of like a reliable, consistent veteran somewhere in their top six forwards just to have that stabilizing presence as they're flipping everyone else around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to talk to you about some some news um, mm -hmm. that came out a while ago, but it's been a while since we recorded our last episode. But um, with the news about Robin Leonard <laughs> on Vegas... 
potentially missing the entire season. Um, what do you think about Vegas going into this season? I am not very high on their roster at all. Um, let me just bring up their depth chart here on Cap Friendly again. But, uh, I mean, they're basically already cap crunched. They are, I think there's still a few players short on their NHL roster. Now, they are they are going to have a whole bunch of LTIR money come available with uh, Shea Weber and Leonard and Brossois and Nolan Patrick. But I don't like their chances. They're super top-heavy. They don't have a whole lot of meaningful depth. And I know we're saying this about Vegas, who managed to take not a lot of depth to the cup final in their first year. But uh, it's just, they've really gone and completely decimated their roster, destroyed their chances. And, you know, they're one, they're, last season they did okay considering how many injuries they had. But this year their roster is kind of like one injury away from barely being competitive at all. Yeah, and their goaltending situation is not great. Um, it's it's very risky because they've got like Logan Thompson and Brassois, depending on his injury, um, and then like Michael Hutchinson. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we were. I'm pretty sure we had this exact same conversation like in their inaugural season when they had no depth and like they were on their fifth string goalie because everyone else was injured so it's kind of like okay we're gonna say this now and then watch them go and somehow win the division with this like makeshift band-aid roster but you know just it's possible but just yeah you know looking at it on paper i mean their top six forwards are good it's still that same like i mean stevenson eichel and stone as a top line is pretty cool They've still got the Marcia So Carlson Smith line. But after that, their bottom six is like William Carrier, Michael Amadio, Nick Roy, Jake Leshison, Brett Howden, Keegan Colzar. And then basically just a bunch of random AHL guys. And I mean their their defense at this point, like chances are Alec Martinez is gonna get traded. I I imagine. They're gonna need his cap space to do something else. But as of right now, it's like Martinez and Petrangelo, McNabb and Theodore, which is, that's a really good top four. You know, Petrangelo and Theodore are like two of the best in the league still. So like their defense is okay. But it's just that goaltending, like you said, is, you know, Brassois is like a career backup. He's never really proven to be much of a starter, but he's also hurt. So we don't know if he's going to play and when he's going to play. And Logan Thompson was good last season in his debut. He held his own quite well, actually. But he's also not, not like a, a high end starter. He's not Robin Leonard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just insane how much turnover they've had, and um, you know, of course, from go- having the Vezina winning goalie and Leonard, another Vezina winner, um, to just not having either, in like what two seasons or whatever. It's like, jeez. That that's that's a tough blow. Um, where so much of the game is goaltending now, right? Um, like it can make it make the difference. You know, like the goal saved above average, right? It's like yeah. Leonard is a great goalie. You know, you put, replace him with the guy who is less than average in the NHL. That's the difference between winning and losing. So, um, 
it's it's gonna be a tough fight for them and it's gonna be a kind of all eyes on uh, jack eichel i think in vegas um prove it right you were worth mm-hmm. this deal let's see it mm-hmm. right um we gave up a lot we gave up tuck um you know and some other pieces tucks look great in buffalo <laughs> um so let's let's see it um yeah, I uh, I don't feel any sympathy for Vegas because I think they're just a ruthless organization um, to the point of f- being flawed for it. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, but another another goalie news is, is Carey Price is probably probably done um, for his career. Um, yeah, honestly, at this point, that that sounds like a career ender. He has said that he doesn't want to do this thing where like he comes back and you know has to go back to rehab and then comes back like he said that before and like you know he he came back and it kind of felt like his last game um so i think i think he kind of knew it too the way he reacted it it seemed like on the ice he kind of knew it was probably it yeah and the before that news came out i was looking at like the montreal's cap friendly or something and saw like okay they've got jake allen They've got Sam Montembeau. And then they have Price. It's like, okay, like either they know Price isn't coming back or they're going to move one of these guys, but nothing was happening. So that goalie situation makes more sense now where you got, you know, Jake Allen as your starter and Montembeau as your backup. Yeah. Price is done. Um, So that's sad. You know, one of the best goalies really no he was ever, ever. um and to to just kind of end his career like that just yeah, sucks just, but especially like the the heartbreak after that uh, that cup finals loss cuz that was kind of that was really his last him and Shea Weber both right like yeah. their their last kind of crack at it um yeah in their career yeah um, i mean like you said one of the best goalies ever he was statistically i think like by far the most dominant goalie from couple years after he was drafted until you know mid to late part of last decade like yeah just, just and, an absolutely uh, out of this world goal saved above average compared to anybody else and he was on some pretty bad teams right he he carried those habs yeah. a lot of years and they could never build a team around him no yeah um so the one thing is though like montreal has such a high standard for like retiring jersey numbers and stuff like do you think he's gonna get his jersey number retired like i was looking at people commenting online and they were saying like at this point it's probably easier to enter the hall of fame than it is to get your jersey retired in montreal do you would you agree with that like it seems like it would be tougher because he never he doesn't want a stanley cup montreal has such a uh, you know, storied history of winning. He never won. So, does he I get? I don't think he does. Does Montreal do the thing where they have like the the Ring of Honor? Like, no, they don't. No, I was gonna say because he definitely would deserve that. Like, without without a doubt, I don't know if I don't know if they retire his number entirely though. I just I don't know if he was like historically historically iconic enough for that. I mean, like you said, this the historic storied franchise especially i mean the amount of numbers they have retired like yeah are we gonna look back in 50 years at at carrie price's career and 
you know, remember him in the same way as some of the other legends off the Habs. Yeah, they've got that being, that being said, <laughs> like he, he I imagine he does have a case for the Hall of Fame, though. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of Vezina. He's one of Bill Masterton. He won the heart. He's won the heart. Yeah, he's he's just like I'm pretty sure that's one of the things is like pretty much every single heart trophy winner is in the Hall of Fame. He's got the international success. Yeah. Yeah. He uh he should make the the Hall of Fame. No problem. Mm-hmm. Um, Didn't Luongo just get in? Yeah. Yeah, he, he probably should make it in. <laughs> yeah, the tandem. No knock for, against uh, Luongo, but like Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's like I'm trying to look here now, but I think like, you know, the two goalies that um, have their number retired, um, like Patrick well, Waugh, Dryden. Dryden, both won cups. Mm-hmm. You know, Dryden won a shit ton. <laughs> Dryden basically won the cup every season he played almost. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just was like, this is boring, basically. Like, yeah, he's and like, then all retired. right. I, well, that's that's the thing. Like, he went and accomplished everything he want, everything a hockey player would need to in like yeah. five years. Like, all right, I'm done here. Yeah, like, what what do I do now? Um, and then I think he went into like politics, but um, yeah. So that's um, I don't think he gets his jersey retired, but it's just interesting to be like the the quali- like the qualification, the requirements for getting your jersey retired are higher than the hall of fame it's just kind of it makes sense because of like the numbers of people who make the hall of fame but it's just like montreal it's like it's you have to have cups and like Mm -hmm. just that extra success yeah that's like with the oilers because they basically require a player to be in the hall of fame before they'll retire a jersey number with the exception of al hamilton every other player who has their number retired had to make the hall first and we just saw that um most recently with kevin lowe who probably would have had his number retired years ago if they didn't have this but as soon as he made the hall of fame a couple years ago they had his jersey retirement scheduled like right after Hmm. it was immediate so that's like another thing with with us oilers fans um about a guy like ryan smith who's like the most heart and soul like he's the fan favorite everyone absolutely adores the guy in his time with the oilers and we all we're all like clamoring like retire his number like do something for the guy but he's not gonna make the hall of fame so they're not gonna retire his number that's crazy yeah it's Mm -hmm. like holding the standard yeah i i don't particularly have a problem with it because it kind of puts like a tangible like you say a tangible standard on that honor so that it's like you're not just oh this guy had a good season once so we'll retire his number and then he run out of numbers and start doing like the futurama blurns ball thing with like yeah. 37 and three quarters or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah it is um it's crazy just how differently teams approach that like teams like the red wings have had you know a lot of jerseys retired but then there's a guy like sergey fedorov doesn't have his jersey retired because of like his disagreements with management and the Illich family so it's like there's a lot of fans that are doing the same thing where they're like clamoring for you know retire 91 but you know it's like will it happen i don't know so it's a it's 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 just interesting to see the different approaches that Mm -hmm. teams have um yeah um 
All right. Well, is there any other big free agents that um, are still on the board that um, you're hoping the Oilers can try and find a way to to grab? Well, I mean, the big free agent thing is a little bit of a impossible to standard to meet because I don't think there's anybody that that big remaining. But um, I'm just taking a quick look, but. You know the 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 main roster hole that I felt the Oilers should have been looking at is uh, lefty. I think um, it's a little bit weak. It's a little bit unproven. Where they've got Brett Kulak, who's historically been a third pairing defender, they're going to try him on the second pair this season because he was, you know, he was good when they when they brought him in. He was good through the playoffs and everything, so he deserves a shot at the second pair. But I don't know if he's, I don't know if it's going to work basically. And then behind that, they don't really have anyone, so it's going to be a prospect. It's going to be Philip Roberg or Marcus Nemelainen. Both of them are capable, and I would absolutely want them to be in that spot, but it's still, on paper, the depth in that spot is a bit weak. There isn't really any great lefty remaining. I mean, Calvin DeHaan would be the type of player that would be decent in that spot, someone who's physical, kind of a penalty killer, blocking shots, that type of thing. But I don't know if he's really affordable, nor is he... reliable enough I think he gets hurt a lot so I'm not looking too much at that lefty spot and I'm kind of looking more at seeing if they could bring in a guy like Tyler Mott yeah Tyler Mott just for that energy the the physicality the energy the momentum like someone they can toss in on the fourth line for a few shifts a game and just to go create something and Mott's a pretty good penalty killer he has a surprisingly deceptive shot when he gets a chance to use it such as someone that I think could bring another dimension to the team just to help fill out their depth a bit and and uh, just give some energy. You know, he's pretty much been a fan favorite in, in Vancouver. He quickly learned the, or earned the favor of the fans in New York in his short time there, and I just I think he'd be a solid addition for the Oilers in the bottom six. Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't been scooped up yet because um, I, I think he's been a good player everywhere he's gone and like in that Canucks little playoff run that they had he got a, a few really nice goals um so yeah he, he can score there's definitely you know some some talent there um and you know his contracts haven't been super high so maybe he's looking for a little bit too much money and that's why he hasn't been scooped yet but I think he should find a home mm-hmm. before the start of the season here how about um, for you is there anyone you're looking for the caps to bring in um, well, their cap situation is kind of interesting because they've got, like, it's unknown if Backstrom's going to play, Wilson's going to be on IR until, like, mid-December. Um, and then, like, if you look at their cap-friendly, like, almost, like, half, more than half the team, basically, is, like, done after this season. <laughs> so, um, you know, like, on forward, I don't know if there's really much room on defense. They're they're kind of set, um, so I don't think there's really anywhere someone can go. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I interrupt you for a sec here? Yeah. How would you feel about Vegas's uh, chances if they signed Phil Kessel? <laughs> yeah. Um, worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sucks to be them because they just signed Phil Kessel. <laughs> Did they actually? Yeah, they did. That's insane. 
That's one one by one point five for Phil Kessel of Vegas. So the same contract Stastny got. One point five, really? That's it. Apparently. Oh man. I. That's not from a verified account yet, but. uh, Oh. I'm I'm just trying to scroll through and see where Friedman is. (laughs) I'm sure that'll come out right away. Uh, that's insane. If they've signed Phil Kessel, I don't know how I feel about that. That's like, is that the replacement for Pacioretty? <laughs> um, yeah, okay, Cap Friendly's got him at a 1.5 million cap hit, so uh, that's looks so like cheap. That's, that's official. It's a low risk. How many years? One. Uh, okay, well. So this is a guy weird. who just had 52 points last season with the Coyotes. Yeah. So they go and get really him for strange. one one year, 1.5 million. Um, wow. Okay. So he's going to immediately slot in on their second line, probably. He's not. He's not kicking Mark know. Stone down to the second line. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's strange. Um, that he signed for so cheap. Um. Oh, I lost. Am I losing internet? Yeah. Can you still hear it's me? It's been it's been cutting out a little bit since he got back. Oh my god. Okay. Um, should be back now. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have any my eyes on anyone for the caps because they're just there's no room. Um, Mott would be a guy that I would love if they could bring in, but there's just no room. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then the last thing I wa- had a kind of my list here is just like, what the hell is going to happen to Dallas if they can't sign Jason Robertson and or Jake Ottinger because they're both without contracts RFAs I don't have very high hopes for that team to begin with and it's just going to get worse if they don't get either of those players yeah especially uh... especially Ottinger because a goalie of his caliber is rare to come by and because their next option is Scott Wedgwood yeah because I'm assuming I'm assuming Hudobin is still out of commission Oh, he's been playing in the AHL, so... Okay. He's um, still on the injured reserve on Cap Friendly, so I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's uh, tough. I mean, Wedgwood played nice, or not nice, well for them, but um, I don't think he's really starter material. Um, although not he long-term. Did, he did play really good for them, um, but, as, you know, use him... Yeah how you should use him, not force him to play too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, they are in tough if they cannot sign both those guys. And they've only got yeah. a little bit of space to do both. Like, they've got 10.3, and, like, Robertson's going to want more than five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they don't have any LTIR candidates either, really. No. So they've either got to move someone, like Tyler Sagan or Jamie Benn, who no one is going to want. I wonder, because they wouldn't need to free up all of that. They could trade one of them for 50%, 50%. retained. That would give them about $15 million in cap space, which would be enough to sign Robertson and Ottinger. Yeah, but then what do you have to give up for someone to take those guys, one of those guys? I mean, Dallas has all of their first and second round picks for the next three years, and it would—it's going to take those probably a prospect as well. Yeah, 
Like I'd be, I'd be, if I were a GM taking that on, I'd be looking for a decent prospect and a first to take on five million of Tyler Sagan for <laughs> how many more seasons? Like five, four more, five more seasons. Yeah, like if you're Anaheim, if you're Arizona, Chicago. <laughs> I guess Chicago doesn't really have that much space, but um, yeah, that's like they've got to do. They they must be trying to work the phones and get something going there. But um, you got to keep both those guys. Like those guys, Haskinen and Hints are like your core moving forward. So. 100%. You gotta keep them. Like if they, if they don't keep one of those guys, like pff, fail. Like get them out of there. Like it, it's just yeah. it's, that's that's gonna be yeah, that should these, be these like are, a. This is a team that's in a really tricky spot <laughs> because termination kinda... of Jim Nil. <laughs> what do you think they're trying to do? <laughs> oh, sorry. You it, everything cut out for a sec. Oh, okay. Right here. Um, no, this is just a team that's in a really weird spot because they're they don't have a great roster, and they've kind of got a lot of money, like we've just talked about, tied up in bad players. So it's kind of they don't have the players to be competitive to begin with, and then they go in if they go and lose a prospect who's kind of come out of nowhere like Jason Robertson or a goalie who's like a legit starter in Ottinger, like that's just going to set them back and they're going to have to really probably just commit to a rebuild now if if they lose one or two of those guys right now. Yeah. Like they they have to keep those guys. They have to move like heaven and earth to keep those guys. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, this is like a bite off your arm to save yourself moment right yeah like you got a deal yeah tyler sagan or jamie ben at 50 percent and a first and i don't know who they've got as like prospects like i don't know yeah bork delandria stankoven yeah probably not stankoven but i don't yeah, think they'll probably want to move him but i don't know someone they're gonna have to give up someone. Like you publicly called out your two top end, top end salary players. Well, that's just a yearly occurrence, though. Yeah, that's just like that's just like, that's just like how uh, that's just how the owner greets Sagan and Ben. <laughs> yeah, it's suck. like it's it's gonna take a lot to trade Sagan because he was like the number one worst contract as rated by the Athletics. So, um, you know, you've got uh, some work cut out for you there, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It's just, it's just like I've been watching and watching and watching what they're doing, and it's like nothing. Like they signed Marchment, it's like okay, like there's some of your cap space. <laughs> like, yeah, there's four point five million for a guy who had one six point game. Yeah, it's like a, sure he's a great, he could be a great little fit there, but like sign the guys you need to sign <laughs> first, and then mm -hmm. see who's available. You know, maybe pick up guys like fucking Tyler Mott or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's um, one to watch. That wraps things up for this time here on Clappercast. Make sure you rate and review this episode and toss a follow or subscribe our way. For more content, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Clappercast Media or on Twitter at Clappercast. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with more Hockey Talk.